According to the National Wellness Institute, there are seven domains of wellness, with one of them being spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness is the search for and understanding of the meaning of life and finding purpose. Wellness Continuing offers spiritual tools and resources to better understand the meaning of life and your true nature. From a podcast on consciousness in the afterlife, to blog posts, as well as healing music with binaural beats and more. The ancient Chinese believed that the heart was the center of human cognition, and therefore the heart and the mind are one. Wellness Continuing. Elevate your heart-mind. Welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. Katie Beecher is a medical and emotional intuitive, a licensed professional counselor, and watercolor artist, featured by numerous media outlets including Poosh, Miranda Kerr's Cora Organics, and Goop, who called her eerily accurate. As part of her acclaimed readings, she creates a detailed, multi-page report and intuitive soul painting knowing only a person's name and age. She has over 30 years of experience helping people all over the world transform their lives and their health. Katie battled bulimia in her youth and was at the brink of suicide. She then had a spiritual awakening that guided her to seek help and was led to a Jungian psychologist who helped to save her life. She learned how to connect with her intuition, find self-love and embrace her psychic and medium abilities which she had avoided and feared. Her book, Heal From Within, is a complete guide to healing mind, body, and spirit using the same exclusive techniques Katie uses during her individual readings, practical Jungian psychology, and inspirational client and personal stories. She shows people how to discover their strengths and pinpoint the physical, emotional, and spiritual root causes for their issues while creating a lifelong step-by-step plan to address these challenges. Listen now as we talk about the chakra system, the root cause of physical, emotional, and spiritual imbalance, and more about how to heal from within. Katie, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I love this subject matter, medical intuition. It's very near and dear to my heart. And I'm really excited to introduce you to my audience because you have an amazing story and amazing career of being a medical intuitive. So let's start with describing what medical intuition actually is. That's a great place to start because people usually look at me like I have three heads when I tell them what I do. Um, So... The general description is people who can kind of look into your energy field, look into your body and recognize symptoms, um, recognize some of the root causes for what's going on. Um, A lot, everybody who does this work works a little bit differently. So the way that I work is I really focus on the whole person. So it's physical, emotional, and spiritual. And just knowing a name and age, um, I can look into their bodies and energy and their whole entire life. And I create a four page report and an intuitive soul painting. And there's a couple of goals. Um, the people who contact me, they often have something physical or emotional that they want to address. Um, sometimes people just want to know more about connecting to intuition or strengthening relationships, or career stuff, or whatever, or we usually talk about all of it. So 
um, my, you know, my main goal is to look at what is going on in people's lives now and what has occurred in the past that is contributing to, um, you know, issues and unhappiness and things, but also what are things that they're good at, you know, their strengths and things that we can look at to help them have a better life going forward. So it's, it's pretty comprehensive. Um, there's a lot of things people don't really connect to physical and emotional symptoms, you know, things like, um, like trauma is pretty obvious, but, um, they don't realize how much their, the quality of their relationships, you know, or their job or their connection with spirit or life purpose or any of that, how much that really that really, um, that affects them physically and emotionally. So we try to put all the pieces together. I just wanted to note when you said earlier that it's a holistic system of looking at the entire person, but also getting to the root cause. And I think that's definitely the difference and distinction between Eastern and Western medicine. So Eastern medicine does try to get to the root cause of, of issues. And that is um, important to take an account, into account the entire person, all the layers that makes up a human. So um, that's why a lot of people do get results with right. any kind of holistic system that gets to the root cause. So I just wanted to make that note. But you also talked about soul painting, because you are an artist yourself, a watercolor artist, but you do incorporate this into your healing work. Tell me about that. I do. Um, with words, a lot of things happen with words, um, whether you're speaking them or writing them or as humans, we can manipulate words and we can put a lot of... Um, kind of our own biases into things when it, when it comes to words. So if, if I am getting information from my guides, I get it in a lot of forms, you know, seeing words, hearing words, um, looking at pictures, whatever, like it all feeling things, whatever it all comes to me. And uh, with my background as a Jungian psychologist um, and as an artist, I really felt the need to, take in information in a, um, a symbolic way so that I, it wasn't as easy for me to put my own spin on it as a human. And because I was getting, when you, especially when you're first learning how to listen to intuition, it can be kind of vague, you know, it can be kind of like, is this really what I'm hearing? I'm not sure what, exactly what this means. Um, and so I would, find that even some of the words that I was getting had, were symbolic in nature and not necessarily black and white. So um, when I do the paintings, my guides tell me to start with a certain color. All the colors have meaning, um, different meanings for each person sometimes, but they all have meaning. And I kind of start at the top and then see, most of the time see a figure um, or a plant or an animal or you know something like that that represents the physical and emotional and spiritual aspects of the person, and I don't know what they mean as I'm creating them. So it's something my guides interpret during the meeting that we have with people because I send the report and painting before we meet, so I can't BS that. That's you know send that there, um, and then I get more information when we talk. But um, for instance. I was doing a reading on a 12 year old girl and I heard tooth enamel. Now my human side was kind of like, Oh, she must have a lot of cavities. That's what you, you know, you automatically go to the negative, 
but I just wrote Tooth Enamel because I know better. And when I met with her mom, she said, it's really kind of wild that you put that because she has extraordinarily strong tooth enamel and has never had a cavity. Wow. You know, so if I try and interpret what the information I'm getting from my guides, I can screw it up. I could be absolutely, totally wrong. Whereas if I'm looking at a figure or a shape or a symbol or something like that, I really, um, it's much more open and I have to go deeper to figure out what they're trying to tell me. So it's, it's very fun. People really, really like them a lot. I, uh, I've heard this with remote viewing. Uh, a friend of mine was, was taking classes in remote viewing, and she said um, the first rule is don't interpret what you mm -hmm. see. Just describe it. And that is very difficult for us humans because we always want to put the meaning onto it or the interpretation. And, um, yeah, very important to get away from that. Absolutely. And that's why I send the report and the painting before we meet. And we go over that. The client and I go over it together because I know how accurate my guides are, but I don't ever want someone to substitute my intuition for theirs. And I don't want to decide what that information might mean for them. I don't want to, you know, kind of usurp their intuition and their authority. So some, a lot of the time the stuff's like, oh yeah, I recognize that symptom. That makes sense to me, you know. But sometimes neither one of us are quite sure, so it's something that we figure out together. Um, and I do want to say it's important for people to, to know that as a medical intuitive, even as a licensed counselor, I am not legally or ethically able to diagnose. Um, some of the people who do this work or psychics or whatever, they will give you a diagnosis. And if that happens, run because they're not supposed to, it's not okay, um, it's irresponsible. And I have, you know, I can say like, I recognize this symptom or you may have symptoms similar to Lyme, you know, or something like that. And we can, we can do a lot of work, but then I have mostly natural, you know, physicians and stuff that I refer to, to be like, all right, let's check this out. You know, let's do more testing or let's do testing or let's figure out what treatment we can do and, you know, address that other side of things. Not that we oh, can't, you know, do work on a lot of other stuff too, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the ethics are huge in it and we, you know, there's always a fine line, whether you're a counselor or whether you're a medical intuitive, there's always boundaries to have exactly. in the field. Uh, very important. Um so you talked about your guides. So I'm sensing that you are psychic as well. You talk about being a medium. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So how does that play into the medical intuition? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I get my information from a lot of sources. Um, one of the sources often is loved ones in spirit. So it, um, I don't know how familiar you are with chakras, but um, I kind of break my reports down into the seventh seven chakras and then focus on the parts of each one. But I often hear information from loved ones during the fourth chakra, which is the heart, um, which is kind of, it's kind of funny to me. Sometimes they'll, they'll bring through a symptom, you know, or a disease that they've had. And I'll be like, okay, hearing family history about this, or um, this doesn't feel like it's for you. It feels like it may be for someone, you know, um, in spirit or whatever. But um, I just think it's funny that no matter what the symptom, it often comes through when I'm working on that chakra. So 
So if you can just quickly break down the seven chakras and just explain what they are, just so that we can continue the conversation with a bit more context. Oh, absolutely. Um, So in my book, it's called Heal From Within, um, a guidebook to um, intuitive wellness. There's information on each chakra or energy center in detail, like each one has its own chapter. So we get super into it. And the, um, so the root chakra um, is basically like the base of the spine. Um, And that has to do with safety and security, family, um, the like bones and blood and structure, um, autoimmune disease, things like that. Um, The next chakra up, um, I'm going to grab my book because I, I look at this all day long and I like, sure. Like pathetic that I just want to make sure that I'm okay. Here we go. So um, yes. So the second chakra, uh, it's called the sacral chakra. And that has to do with like, relationships, money, creativity, um, female and male power and energy. And then it has to do with reproductive organs, um, you know, pelvic hips, that kind of, kind of thing. Um, the third chakra in the solar plexus is kind of the gut, you know, the gut area, um, which is, you know, the intestines and liver and blood sugar and gallbladder and things. And then emotionally it's about self-esteem Um, it can be about like addiction and weight also, um, care of self, you know, those sort of things. It's actually a pretty involved chakra. A lot of people have issues in that chakra. Um, we have them everywhere, but you know, so, um, the fourth is the heart and that has to do with emotions, intimacy, partnership, um, you know, giving versus getting help, um, trust. And then heart, lungs, blood pressure, you know, anything to do with kind of that, that region. The fifth is in the throat. So that's about self-expression um, and communication, you know, activism um, and will. And then throat, mouth, teeth, thyroid, neck, those kind of things. Um, sixth is it's in the third eye. So it has to do with intuition and perception, um, morality, you know, psychic abilities, and then anything to do with the head, nose, ears, um, eyes, any, you know, pituitary, all those kinds of things. Um, And then the last is the seventh, and that's in the crown. So it's the top of the head, um, like purpose in life, relationship with spirit. Um, And then it's kind of an overview of the whole body. So, um, life-threatening illness, um, chronic disease, you know, neurological stuff, brain stuff, and you can often have issues that fall into more than one chakra. So it's not just, you know, cause you can have, um, like obviously like AIDS or something can be a life-threatening disease. There's tons of things that are life-threatening, but then it also gets into the individual parts of the body um, and emotional characteristics that go along with that. So there's a lot of overlap. So systemic. Yes. Right? Anything systemic. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. So, cause I was going to ask you, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saying this a little bit in jest, but I'm thinking, can you have a uh, imbalance in every shock at the same time? Because that's what I'm connecting with right now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think, <laughs> I think I might have issues in all those areas. Right. Um, <laughs> yes, you can. Um, a lot of people do, but I don't want it to sound dramatic or, um, necessarily problematic because we all have stuff to work on. Um, so that's why when I do the reports, I get hits on every single shocker for everybody. Um, it does not mean that it's going to kill them or that it's something that, you know, even necessarily has to be addressed or it's a lot of it is like strengths and weaknesses stuff too. Sure. You know, yeah, but, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, I, when I was saying that, I just meant um, I, I can totally see how it's a, like a continuum. So there's sure. a little bit of imbalance here, but then there's a lot in another chakra. And obviously you work on the, the you know, the biggest one first. Um, the and there's also issue. patterns. Yeah, mm. there's also patterns. Like if you have a lot of, you know, like fertility and maybe you have endometriosis and maybe you did not grow up in a family that respected women, or maybe you've had sexual trauma or, you know, you, it's really helpful for looking at patterns. So if you have a cluster of symptoms and then it's in like a certain chakra, you can be like, well, we really need to work on that one. So. I, not to sound black and white, but do physical issues, are they usually or typically rooted in emotional ones? So, um, there's always, at least in my experience, there's always a connection. So um, I definitely believe in physical reasons for physical and emotional symptoms. And that can mean, you know, nutritional deficiency. It can mean a virus. It can mean all sorts of things. I also fully believe that there is a meaning and a message underlying all of the symptoms. So that could be a general thing, like I needed to not, needed also sounds like you caused it and that's not what I'm trying to say at all, but I will use myself as an example. Um, you know, I needed to stub my toe and hurt my foot or I sprained my foot a couple months ago. You know, I kind of needed that because I was not listening to my body. I was not listening to the fact that I needed to rest more. Um, I was at pole too much. I was not focused on my spiritual relationship as much. You know, I, I just needed to make some adjustments. So it needed to slow me down so that I could then focus more on, you know, my stuff. Um, also things like a lot of the people I work with have pretty serious relationship issues. They're really unhappy with their jobs or they don't feel like they can be authentic you know, or be themselves, or they don't ever feel safe. So they feel like they have to control everything and they can't trust spirit or themselves. And so any kind of illness or injury or issue um, that gets your attention, especially if it's really scary, the scarier it is and the more it gets your attention, that means that you probably have been pushing down your intuition and your feelings for a very long time. And so it really needs to shock the hell out of you to get, you know, I call it the, the feather or the sledgehammer. And 
if we're paying attention and doing some good self-care and all that, then, you know, you can get a little cold or you can, you know, get do a little feather thing. Um, but I think we've all been in a place where we really need to get hit over the head with a sledgehammer and um, put in bed for a couple of weeks or, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, so we have a choice. And I find that the more we listen to our intuition, the more we can be true to ourselves. And if we're being authentic, then that to me is our our life purpose is to just be authentically who we are. And our intuition will let us know where we need to go or what we need to do or, or, you know, life people ask me a lot, like, I don't know what my life purpose is. And I'm like, you have tons of them. You know, you could be a mom, you could be um, an artist, you can be, um, you can, you know, you can teach people things when you're walking down the street or having a conversation with someone in the grocery store or, you know, we have so many roles and the more we can be authentically ourselves, um, the more we can pass on information that we're supposed to pass on or share or be spiritual teachers or whatever. Right. Um, so how do we know when it's our intuition and when it's not? Yes. That's a, again, there's a ton in my book about this, a ton. Um, A lot of people overthink the process. And so they they think that number one, you have to have some intuitive some intuitive gifts to be able to listen to your intuition. That's not true. It's a gut feeling. We do it all the time. Um, but there's people who would say to me, Well, how do I know that it's intuition and not just a voice in my head? You know, or that it's not just coming from me, or that it's fear, you know. Um and not intuition or whatever. So the first thing that I say to people is the more you're trying to control it and the more fear you have attached to it, the less you're going to be able to allow your intuition to speak to you. And the first criterion I go by is, is what you are hearing resonating with you? Does it feel good to you? Um, when you feel it in your body, does that, you know, does it strike a chord? Um, or does it scare you more if it's cause, cause intuition can be scary if it's telling us to do something that we're afraid to do, you know, like leave a relationship or leave a job or whatever that can be scary, but it also may resonate. So if you're hearing something that's really scary to you, that's probably fear and not intuition. Um, but I always tell people too, like if the information resonates, it really doesn't matter whether it comes from us or a higher source or the tree in our yard, <laughs> you know, um, if it's good information, it's good information. Um, and just go with it and see where it takes you. Um, another really good piece of advice is to remember that we have choices. So a lot of people are afraid to listen to intuition because they think it means that they have to immediately do what their intuition says. So again, it's, I know I need to get out of this marriage, but I don't know where to start. I'm afraid of money. I'm afraid of, you know, how will it affect my kids? Just your, your mind goes in 25,000 different directions. So what I suggest is that you just allow that feeling, just 
Don't judge it. Just be like, okay, I hear you. And then you can ask it, well, because I'm a big fan of talking to your intuition. Um, you can say, um, what could be, what is my first step? You know, how can I start? Um, or you can ask, why am I so afraid of this? You know, what are the obstacles this that I'm, that I'm feeling? Um, you also may be in a place where you just say, you know what, I hear you and I understand you, but right now today I can't handle that. So I need to revisit that with you tomorrow. If you keep pushing it down, it will get louder and more obnoxious. Um, but if you acknowledge it and then make a commitment to go back to it and is it's just, you know, I'll, I'll talk to people and be like, okay, well, what's, what's your biggest fear about leaving? Um, and then, so I'll be like, okay, well consult with an attorney. It doesn't cost you anything. Don't tell anybody just, you know, you're taking a first step. So I think it's more that we put the obstacles in our own way because we're afraid of what listening to intuition means, you know, then. So. No, that's great. Um, So you're saying as, as long as it resonates with you, what your intuition is telling you, that's your clue, Mm -hmm. whether it's the right step or a good step to take. Right. Or a good idea. Okay. Right. So that's really an important distinction because it's it's very hard to discern those kinds of things. It can be. Right? Yeah. And I also... If you're think, new to it. Oh my God. Yeah. I also think yeah. it's extremely challenging to know when to um, allow things, you know, when to be like, okay, I'm not going to step in. I'm not going to be a control freak. I'm going to like trust spirit and let things happen and see where this goes. And then when to actually step in and be like, right. I need to take action. Um, I do this every day and it's still challenging for me to know, you know, when to promote something or when I just let it go or when to, I mean, so many zillions of things. Um, there's been tons of times where I've, you know, had my own agenda for something thinking it had to happen or I was not going to be happy or whatever. Um, and I pushed so hard and then I wasted so much time and made myself crazy and that wasn't even the best outcome. So I think it's very important to be aware, you know, of when you're letting fear be in control and when you need to like take action and do stuff, you know? Exactly. Yes. No, that's sage advice. Um, Let's talk about mental health. How does chakra work and medical intuition help somebody with mental health issues? Yeah, that's huge. Absolutely Mm -hmm. huge. Um, So when I am... Um, working with someone who has mental health issues, one of the most important things to look at first is what is it? What are you feeling? Um, Because anxiety or depression or something like that can feel a very free form. And after a while, you don't even recognize that, um, that you have a role in things. Um, that you are empowered. It might just feel like, I just always feel like this. It's always there. You may just feel like, oh my God, I can't control it. It's just this feeling. I don't know where it comes from. It's not related to anything, all that. So I try to help them just put a label on a a feeling. So if it's anxiety, if it's grief, if it's whatever, you know, let's try to just get a label. Um, And then to look at the root causes again. 
So, okay, root cause, you know, how's your nutrition? Are you getting enough stress relief? Um, do you like your job? Are you miserable in your relationship? You know, like instead of just you know, traditional medicines, like, okay, you have depression and anxiety. We're going to just throw pills at this and, and not look at the reason, the very real reasons Hello, you know, why you are having these, these things. Um, and even, you know, my background is, is an eating disorder. I've been recovered for 30 years. There were so many root causes for that that eating disorder and the depression and the anxiety and all that. Um, so I think it's really important to acknowledge feelings, um, to look at problem solving strategies and coping strategies, to look at the all of the possible origins of those symptoms, um, and to feel empowered. Um, and to really, really work on loving and accepting yourselves, you know, people, instead of feeling like they have to change or they're damaged, you know, or there's something wrong with them because they have anxiety, you know, I mean, welcome to the club of the rest of the world. <laughs> so, um, again, it's about, yeah, really looking at the root causes and then what you can actually do to feel empowered and, um, and feel better. I think that's a difference again between Western and Eastern medicine. So Eastern medicine, what I'm hearing from shock, the chakra system, what I know from traditional Chinese medicine is that um, there's not going to be a label like you are depressed or have depression. You have this, you have bipolar. It's um, it's looking at the systems and yeah. how it's it's effect, being affected. Like you said, what are you feeling? What's the root cause and how can we move through that? Um, you know, a, a lot of grounding practices, yep. having a rooted spirit. We want to bring that spirit back and, and ground it in order to to heal and keep everything balanced, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and with my own recovery, if I had not worked with a therapist who encouraged me to connect to intuition and self-love and my weird abilities that I didn't know what I was doing with, you know, I needed that to recover. I, for me... Um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever would not have been sufficient and it probably right. would have made it worse. Right, right. Yes. And thank goodness there's so many modalities. Exactly. There's there. a place for that. Right. There's absolutely yeah. a place for that, yeah. you know, and it's great. But without that spiritual piece, for me, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. Sure. And I think a lot of people are finding that. Yeah. Um, and that's part of that holistic approach. You know, Western, there's nothing wrong with Western medicine, but right. it's just missing something. And that's that spiritual it is. aspect. It's right? a lot, <laughs> yeah. you know, to say the least. Um, but yes, if we if we have that uh, uh, complementary medicine or that right. integrative medicine, I mean, the outcomes are far more successful. So this is really amazing work. Now, I'm going to ask a, a really specific question. How then do we know if it's mental health or spiritual abilities? So there's a concept called um, Spiritual Awakening. There's some pretty cool books on there. Um, Groff, G-R-O-F, is some of the authors of these neat books. And the concept is that spiritual awakening events um, can look a lot like physical or, um, or emotional illnesses. Um, and it's because when you go through a spiritual awakening, you start learning more about yourself. You start getting more intuitive. Um, you may have contact with the other side. You, you know, 
it's kind of like a Kundalini awakening where you, you find you have all this, this power and connection and, and it can be really scary and weird. So, and it can create anxiety. It can create, you know, depression. It can create um, brain fog and confusion and not feeling grounded. And like you feel more comfortable on the other side of the, wherever we go, you know, consciousness or whatever. Um, so unfortunately, that is often mistaken for physical and emotional, especially emotional illness, because um, you go to a psychiatrist, dear God, um, and you, you know, tell them this and they're like, well, there's something wrong with you. You need medication or why aren't you in therapy or whatever? Um, you know, therapy can also be great for helping you work through the symptoms of a spiritual awakening. It's awesome. But I guess one way that I look at it is in spiritual and emotional can cross over a lot. But to me, being in a relationship where you are treated horribly and you don't feel like you have a voice and you don't feel like you can be your true self or escape, that is a spiritual experience because it is keeping you from listening to your intuition and spirit. Um, it's blocking all of that. Um, it's interfering with your spiritual development and spiritual life. So to me, that is a spiritual root cause for the depression, anxiety, whatever you might be having. Um, so I think that it, it kind of gets into one of those label things, you know, like, um, is it important to label this as spiritual, emotional? I'm not really sure, but it's really important to look at everything um, and and see how it's impacting your true authentic self and your health and happiness. Does that help? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is a... Um... This is kind of a gray area. So I'm just thinking too, a lot of people are talking a lot about ascension symptoms, like in the you know right. the new world and how the, the world is shifting and, and humanity's shifting and we're um, increasing our vibration right. to be at a, in a higher plane of existence. So a lot of these symptoms, these physical symptoms seem to have this spiritual root cause. Um, yeah. Now, but it's, it's not to say we should be denying any part of it. And that's what I know you're emphasizing and that I certainly support that as well. Um, so yes. So again, just important to look at the physical and the emotional and the spiritual all together, um, and, and, and address it all. Um, certainly, you know, if you're taking psychotropic medication for a mental health issue, continue to take those, um, but also maybe explore things on an emotional level and a spiritual level and see where that takes you because things can change over time as well. Um, yeah. And therapies can change too. And that's, that's kind of one of my issues with, you know, the psych world is um, I take medication. You know, I've taken it for way longer than I should have because no one told me 30 years ago when I had bulimia that I was going to get addicted to this stuff. And it was very helpful to me at the time. I've been able to cut down the dose a lot. Now, um, I also learned that when I healed from Lyme disease, the depression I had had my whole life went away. And I lived in Connecticut. People should have been saying, oh, wow, you have symptoms of Lyme. No one did. So, you know, that was a case of having this really severe depression that had a real physical cause, having nothing to do with 
as whack out as my life was, you know? Um, so I don't think that practitioners spend nearly enough time, number one, diagnosing and figuring out, okay, this person has anxiety. Maybe there's a lot of really stressful things going on in their life. And that anxiety has a, the anxiety should be there because it's alerting them to the things that are not working out in their life. You know, instead of taking medication, what they need to do is say, this is making me anxious. I need to change it. Right. Um, same with the depression. You know, you may be going through a grieving process. You, you may have all kinds of reasons to feel sad. Does that mean you have clinical depression? Maybe, maybe not, you know? So I feel like because of insurance or because of whatever, just, you know, pharmaceutical companies that the tendency is just to be like, I'm going to label you with something. Um, ADHD is a really good one too, because there's ADHD, those symptoms go with along with so many other things, including being gifted and talented. Yes. <laughs> right. So, I mean, does that mean it's a problem? Not necessarily. It might be annoying at times, but you know, is that something you should take drugs for? Not necessarily. Right. Yep. I know this is such a vast subject. I mean, we could talk about this right? for days or weeks. <laughs> I know. Um, but you did a great job in your book, uh, yeah. explaining it all and sharing your, your personal journey as well. I mean, you've, you've lived, you've walked the walk. Mm -hmm. um, and so you do come from a place of understanding and true compassion when it comes to a lot of traumas and issues. So um, I think that enriches your practice even more. Thank you. Um, the wonderful gift of, of using the chakra system. I mean, we, we all need some kind of base to work exactly. from, right? And then given your your um, metaphysical gifts as well that are, that are obviously very um, practiced. And um, yeah, it, it's a great holistic approach. So where can people um, get to know about you a bit more and get to know about your services? Uh, is it yes. like directly from your website? That's the easiest place to start. And that's katiebeecher.com, um, B-E-E. -E. Um, I am on Instagram, Katie Beach for Medical Intuitive and Facebook and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, probably um, my website and Instagram are good places to start. And then as far as my book, it's available everywhere books are sold. Um, a lot of people end up, if you want audio, a lot of people end up getting the audio and the hardcover or paperback because there's so many visuals in the book. You know, there's charts and and quizzes and and templates and all that kind of stuff. So it's helpful to have that, you know, that visual with it too. But um, so yeah, it's, um, it's all been pretty exciting. So Oh, that's amazing. And you've been featured in, in so many, uh, on so many platforms, um, Goop and um, is it Courtney Kardashian's yep, yep, website as well? Yep. Yep. So many things. Yeah. And I write for um, Miranda Kerr's Horror Organics blog. And yeah, I've been, I mean, it's hard work. You know, I, I pursue it a lot. It's, it's really hard work and everything. But um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate. So oh, that's incredible. And I wish you more success and, and uh, more good things Thank in the future. You. I'm so glad that we had this conversation because it's an eye opener for a lot of people. And I just I want people to understand that there's other options. That's something that I came face to face with before I trained in energetics, yeah. because I thought there's got to be more than just one way for to sure. heal and balance. And um, this is another example. So thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to Katie Beecher. For more on Katie and to purchase her book, please visit 
katiebeecher.com. The advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. And be sure to look at wellnesscontinuing.com for spiritual tools and resources to elevate your heart-mind. And do join me next time where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.